again, for anybody who's new here, this is Pitches Be Crazy uh, with Lily Schumacher. Uh, it's just essentially your weekly MLB talk. Since we do uh, Pitches Be Crazy, or since I do Bat Flips and Chill on Tuesdays with JJB, I we have a really great formula for how all those episodes go and how we kind of cover news or topics in Major League Baseball. And I have been trying to figure out, okay, what do I do with Pitches Be Crazy? Uh, for a bit, I thought about making it just about Brewers News, but I knew I didn't want to just do that. And I was trying to think of, do I want to just kind of go around, look at look at what's been happening uh, in just baseball as a whole, like what all the records are, things like that. And I kind of settled on talking about more of the big headlines or major stories throughout the week and things that I noticed and picked up on. So, you know, it's kind of like a nice little counter show to a little bookend to Bat Flips and Chill. Uh, just a little, just a little different, just a little different, more about, you know, news and notes. And obviously you're just dealing with me. Um, but I think that's, I'm going to kind of be playing around with it for the next week or so, um, next couple of weeks probably. But if this is a style that you guys enjoy, uh, please let me know. I'd be interested in hearing um, any sort of feedback regarding that. So, yeah, without further ado, I mean, let's kind of just let's get into this one. So I just want to run down real quick, you know, who are who's leading the divisions right now? Obviously, we're still really early into the season. You can't make any huge sort of sweeping claims or you know, statements regarding, <clears throat> sorry, geez, regarding like what, what everything's going to be shaking out like, but we have enough games in that you can kind of make some better predictions for everything. So right now leading the AL East are the New York Yankees with a record of 18 and seven leading the AL Central, surprisingly Minnesota twins with a record of 15 and 10. In the AL West, we have the Angels with a record of 17 and 10. In the East, the Mets, 18 and 9. In the NL Central, you have the Brewers with 18 and 8. And the Dodgers in the NL West with a record of 16 and 7. So, you know, I think for the most part right now, there's not a lot of surprises. A lot of these teams are looking in a way like how we would expect them to. Uh, one thing I would like to talk about really quickly, cause I want to kind of go through and take note of how many teams do we have that are over 500? Um, what is that looking like right now? And there's some interesting sort of <laughs> anomalies here that I think y'all will enjoy hearing about. Um, but we do have a lot of teams that are kind of like top heavy right now that have been doing phenomenal uh really kind of soaring and doing what they want to do but one thing i feel like we're not gonna see happen maybe ever again this season is um if you look at the current nl west standings there is no team under 500 which is ridiculous it feels wrong to say even the diamondbacks they're, they're at even 500 so i guess you can take that as you will, but still, they have the worst record in the NL West, and it's at 500. They are just behind San Francisco. Like, 
I don't know, man. It's crazy. This is where like early season baseball is just so much fun because you just you just don't know what to expect from it. And you have things like that that just seem, you know, otherworldly. And of course, there are other things that are happening so far in this so far in this season. Um, I could give the Mets more of a shout out, but I'm just going to say it as simply as this. Congrats on a combined no hitter. Um, yep. Uh, I mean, it is really impressive to make that mark. And I didn't realize that it was only their second in franchise history. Um, I think sometimes combined no hitters get a lot of flack. Um, but at the same time, it's really impressive to go through that many players and that many pitchers. I think they had six for that and managed to still pitch a no hitter. Like I, I, it's insane to me. It's, it's really crazy. So Congrats to them and that fan base because they deserve it. They've been through a lot. Um, but kind of moving through things, I wanted to first of all talk about Shohei Otani and the Angels and what that storyline has kind of been because it's really interesting. And again, I see Stone Sports double said, um, according of a friend of Mr. Bogart's, Xander is done with the Red Sox after the failed contract negotiations. He's walking in free agency. And in that sort of same vein of conversation, that's where I need to bring up what Shohei did in Boston today. So Shohei Shohei Otani, we already know, has been doing something ridiculous. He has just been this otherworldly player that it's kind of shocking to be able to watch somebody like him who is just this good on both sides of the ball in terms of being a great pitcher and a phenomenal batter. And let's see, I think already um, they are talking about how he made history today in, or prior to today, he was hitting third and making his first start on or making his start on the mound and he became the first starting pitcher to bat in one of the top four spots in a game in the, in Fenway since Babe Ruth, which is crazy. Like, again, it just seems like an otherworldly sort of statistic to even mention. But with him, it's like every time you hear about something like this, he's always doing something, you know, new that we've never seen a player do this before. Or the only player who we've seen do this is Babe Ruth. And time after time, it's... You, you can make that comparison, but everybody already talks about it and already explains. You can't even compare him to Babe Ruth. He's doing things that Babe Ruth never did and probably never could have done. And just to be doing this and this type of player in this day and age is crazy. And, of course, Mike Trout's been having a fantastic, fantastic start to the season. But Shohei is just kind of doing so much into making this Angels team really something else and giving them that X factor, which I don't know. I, I'm truly amazed by him. Um, so today as well, I believe he had a... <laughs> he he threw 11 strikeouts and there were six hits, um, but still 11 strikeouts, no runs given up, no earned runs. It's pretty incredible. Um to have that over seven innings and I don't want to kind of I don't want to I don't want to say like you know pour it on because again I I very I feel for Boston right now and just kind of what's happening uh 
I know I, th- I was talking about with JJB on uh, Tuesday for Bat Flips and Chill, and he was talking about how he's kind of not given up, but in a way, just kind of like, well, what is there? And I don't think that's the case yet. I think it's way too early to say that. Um, because there are teams that you could be more like right now who I think have already given up, um, which I'll get to later. But, and as Stone Sports said, uh, their second X factor, they couldn't do shit with one. Exactly. Um, I mean, again, this is something I will say too. And I try to not have be kind of steer conversations in this way, especially when I talk about a team sport. You can't just have one or two really good guys. It is about the team and how you play as a team. And I know people like to kind of chalk up baseball into being not much of a team sport when that is just not the case. It is, it's a team sport. You can't do any of this without having a team who is balanced and able to kind of do things on all sides. Mike Trout isn't going to just win you games. That's just not how it's going to happen. So the fact that they're figuring it out is fantastic. It helps when you have a guy like Mike Trout, and it helps when you have a guy like Shohei Otani. But they have, they have so much that is going on right now that is really contributing to them having some success. But I'm going to quickly read to another comment from Double. It is and it isn't. Um, I'm in the same boat as you, Lily. But the problems that we won't have, uh, woof, the problems we have won't be fixed in a season unless. Chame goes out and buys the solutions. He's not going to do that, so here we are. I agree we can come around and fix it with the roster, but we have, to, uh, we have, but there are glaring holes. I don't know why I just struggled so hard reading with reading that. Woof. And I agree. I, And that's the thing. I mean it more in a way, and I don't like being the person that's like, you have hope, but it's more so like, I think it's not going to be a fantastic season, but I don't think it's going to be as terrible as it's looking like right now. Of course, it doesn't, I don't know if, it, it's going to be hard, I think, to bounce back considering what you guys look like right now and what the state of the <laughs> of the Red Sox are. But it's also, it's just difficult when you're in a position with baseball where you have such a long season and you still have to look forward to the next season and what's going to happen later on or after the fact. It's brutal. It really sucks. But right now I know with how the team is looking and how, you know, y'all have already been dealing with injuries and just sort of this like player motivation and everything. uh, You're, you're still 10 and 16. You have room to improve and you're not, all is not lost right now. So I, I'm, I have a lot of faith in you guys being able to do something that might not mean win the AL East, but I think you're going to be in a better spot than, than, than you're expecting or than you're thinking. Um, so just wanted to you know, say that. And of course, again, mad props to Shohei today and what he's done um, because it's just ridiculous to time after time see a player like him who is just performing at such an insane level. I I don't know how this is like I don't it, sometimes you just have to stop and go we're watching a player that is just otherworldly and who's 
unlike anybody else we've seen in a really long time. And you just have to appreciate it. And you just have to appreciate what we have. Like, he's here. Enjoy it. Um, And, you know, kind of in not the same exact vein of things, but in a way, there's somebody else who I think deserves a lot of credit right now and somebody who needs to be talked about um, for what he's done. So if you haven't heard, uh, Dusty Baker became the first um, black manager in Major League Baseball to get to win 2000 games. So I think, you know, regardless of that, he's he's only one of 12 managers to ever do that. One of 12 people to ever get over to win over 2000 games as a manager. That is insanity. He the fact that he's been able to just maintain this career and just continue to be such a force is amazing. Again, I think uh, I've talked about this with other people before as well. And just the fact that he made his way to Houston and I think kind of brought back this validity and reassured a lot of people who've had issues with that team and who've hated that team, everything like that. It kind of gave them a little bit more like of a human side that you can actually go, okay, well, I really trust Dusty Baker and I like him and I believe in him and what he's done. I guess I'll guess I'll give him that. So he's kind of, (laughs) he's kind of given uh, the Astros a little bit of a facelift in a really positive way. And like Joe from hungry takes mentioned in the comments, He's won everywhere he's been, taken so many teams to the playoffs. And that's exactly it. Like, I just don't know. He's just an incredible manager. Um, also of note, too, so this was, according to this ESPN article, his first win was um, with the Giants over um, St. Louis on April 6th, 1993. So 29 years after that first win, he got his 2,000th win, which is just insane. So he has been the manager of the Giants, the Cubs, the Reds, the Nationals, and the Astros, and took the, all of those teams to the postseason. And, like, jeez. Ah, he has just done so much. Um, and in 40 career postseason wins, he's tied eighth all time, um, as a manager tied with, uh, Terry Francona. So just amazing, just amazing to see what he is doing and what he's done. And just, again, I think guys like this are just really good for the sport. Uh, when you have a manager like this, who has just maintained success and also just of a good character, you really, you just have to give props to him. The fact that he's still here and absolutely dealing, it, it's amazing. And I wish him many more years of great managerial success because, God damn it, he deserves that. He deserves that. I did want to move into um, a more odd story. Um, that's something that I think... People have been seeing, and I've seen a lot of discourse around, um, and I kind of wanted to comment on it. So I think by by this point, everybody has seen uh, in yesterday's game the very odd uh, 
<laughs> check for like foreign substance on the hands of Madison Bumgarner. Um, and they, the Diamondbacks were playing against the Marlins last night, um, or yesterday, forgive me. And they won eight to seven, but Madison Bumgarner was ejected, I believe, after the first inning um, because he was getting his hands checked to see if he had any sticky substance. And the umpire was, like, staring him, like, dead in the eye and was, like, really feeling up his hands to an extent that was bizarre. Uh, If you haven't watched it, um, I'd highly recommend watching it because it is just strange to say the least. Uh, I'll try. I'll drop it in. Um, I'll drop it in on the in the in the chat because it is just strange, and there's just it's uncalled for. There's no reason for it. And again, I understand that these are. Th- this is where some of the discourse kind of comes around. Because when I was looking around and hearing what people had to say about it, they were saying, well, there's nothing wrong with it if, you know, maybe the umpire, of course, it's going to take longer. Because what if he felt something or, you know, was able to detect something that felt wrong or he noticed something unusual? Of course, he's going to do that, especially then if, you know, Bumgarner's reacting like that. Um, yeah, sure. But if if you really were, like, you know, doing a quick check and then all of a sudden went, hmm, something might have been sticky, you wouldn't, you would, like, look at his hands. You would be touching his hands. You would be looking at him. You wouldn't be trying to make eye contact with the guy. Like, he was literally just, like, shooting glances over at Bumgarner until, you know, Bumgarner glanced up was uncomfortable and you know again rightfully so going at the umpire because that is just unacceptable again that's just not good decorum if you have any suspicions about what's going on or what's happening that is not how you respond to the player that's not how you take action there and i'm not an umpire i'm not even the one doing it but you just it's one of those things too like okay I don't want to, like, compare it, but when you're going through, like, I'm thinking about this in the terms of, like, TSA or through, like, a security checkpoint. Uh, they're not, like, I can guarantee you, I'm sure, sure there's probably a few people who just are weird and want to make it a big deal for no reason or make anything into a big deal. But if you have to get, like, a pat down or checked for something, they're not going to, like... Do it in a way that's trying to intimidate you or, you know, make you say something like, well, you got me. Like, they're doing it because it's something they just have to do. Um, Like, I won't say it now, but I have a great story about one time (laughs) I had to get, like, patted down for something at the airport when I was, like, 12. And it was so embarrassing, but you could tell, again, the agent didn't want to do more than they had to because it's just a strange situation. It's an interesting sort of, uh, like, comparison to make, but they don't, you know what I mean? It's, they just need to do their job. And 
you're not going to take that overboard. If you're like groping their hand when you're trying to just check for sticky substances and you're making just glare, just absolutely glaring at the guy, of course you're going to get fucking pissed. Like, I'll be honest. I would be so upset because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. If something's up here, communicate, let me know, and actually check my hands. Don't just look at me in the eye while you're feeling me up. Like, tell me. And I know a lot of people just, for some reason, really hate Madison Bumgarner. And I am just so completely on his side because it's just uncalled for. And I don't think it's anything of oh, he was reacting like that because he feels like he deserves respect considering all of his accolades and everything he's done. No, it's just because it's weird and ridiculous that any player would get this sort of treatment. It's just unnecessary, and it's a great example of an umpire wanting to make this more about him. And especially, too, he did this knowing, I would say knowing, that Bumgarner would get mad about it. Mad Bum, you you knew he was going to react like that. And it's like looking for an excuse to just get a guy ejected. It It really feels like that. And, you know, I think if they, if they lost that game, I would have been so upset as a manager. Like, it's just lucky to have been able to still pull things off and get things together to do this. But come on. It's just the strangest exchange. And I hope that this umpire gets, you know, reprimanded to some extent. Because this just isn't right. Uh, There's no need to doing anything like this. Because it's just bizarre. And, of course, um, I believe... Oh, um, I'm trying to find the name of the umpire. Uh, Bellino, uh, he said, I wouldn't say Bumgarner took exception to it. I w- it was just a hand check. No, it was not just a hand check. This is, again, becoming a sort of normal uh part of the game in terms of these sticking these like subs and checks uh and you see them frequently they're nothing intense usually the umpire just like looks over might do a quick like swipe that's it it is so quick it should take seconds it should not take long at all when it's like this that is just bizarre especially too if you've seen any actual like ejections or anybody who has been taken out of a game because they believe there might be substances on their hands it's not even like this and Bumgarner talking about it too he said I know I got thrown out but you guys have seen the video I don't know if I can say anything that would make the situation better you guys have all seen it you can go back and see it all again it's pretty clear and that's exactly it sure Sure, he might have gone off at the ump and might have started swearing at him. But again, I respect it. I, I, I will be brutally honest because it's just uncalled for. So I'm hoping that this is one of those moments where we can see things being done better in the future. Because 
this is just not right. This is not something we should be dealing with um, within baseball. So want to mention that. Um, I do want to get into some NL Central news to kind of close things off or end things tonight. And I have a few fun, fun things I want to kind of jump into going around the league before talking about my brewers because I have to. Um, I'm obligated and I, I've been tweeting like crazy about it. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was initially I just wanted to give a, give a shout out to Bobby Witt Jr. because I respect the kid. I love watching him play. I think he is so much fun. Um, and it's always strange to look up a player and find out that they're younger than you. Because um, I'm like almost a whole year older than him. And that is just really bizarre to me. And I know I'm a lot older than Wonder Franco as well. Um, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not going to look at it. But you know, j- just weird, uh, really weird to see that. Oh, yeah, he was born in 2000 and he is in the majors. Wow. But here, here's here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what I'm enjoying. So I was like, you know, trying to gather some news articles, things like that. I knew he got a home run recently and I was like, okay, okay, let's talk about Bobby Witt Jr. I want to. But then I all of a sudden noticed and I saw that when Bobby Witt Jr. hit his first career home run, something something happened. Um, and it involves an NL Central team and one that I don't like. So, of course, um, after he hits his first home run, uh, you know, the ball, I think, bounces down. And Harrison Bader of the St. Louis Cardinals, what does he do? Um, he takes the ball and he throws it into the fountains uh, in Kansas City in their ballpark. And, you know, that is just super shitty. Like, in my humble opinion, I know a lot of people talk about how he's a really nice guy and a good person. But instead of throwing it to a fan, he threw it right into the waterfall or like the fountain or everything there so i uh, listen again i know i've heard that harrison bader's a great guy but come on what an asshole that's his first career home run bobby witt jr hit his first career home run and then you just go (laughs) and you take it and throw it because you know usually too you hold on to that you collect that you like those guys those first hit baseballs and those first home run baseballs you cherish that like come on and Harrison Bader's just like fuck you so this just adds um some fuel to the fire in terms of me wanting to just have more reason to dislike the cardinals um and disrespect them so uh i also Love all of a sudden seeing in the chat from Double. Um, well, first of all, I should mention uh, in talking about Madison Bumgarner, uh, <laughs> uh, Joe from Hungry Takes said, no doubt this umpire must have been a Royals fan. And then also said some fascinating um, Fourth Amendment stuff here, to be honest, truthfully. And then uh, C. McBride says, yep, I feel you on that one. Every year there's more professional athletes younger than you. Again, super strange. 
But then Double said, um, I absolutely love <laughs> Bring Me the Horizon. Also put my pants on backwards. Great. Bobby Witt is a bona fide stud. And I agree. This is part of it for me where I'm just like, I like the guy. I like his swagger. I think he's, uh, I think he's just, he's a stud. He's an, he's an all around stud. I like watching him. Uh, he's got that great, uh, facial hair, uh, mullet combo that, you know, I just love. I, I, I just love. There's not much more I need to say there. It does weird me out knowing that he's 21. And then I'm like, oh, I'm, this feels gross. I'm older than him, even though I'm only like by a year, um, whatever. But, you know, had to say it. Uh, and Steve McBride says on Harrison Bader, yikes, hate to hear about him doing something like that. As a former Gator, he should have known better than that. Double says, though, he was doubling the value. A waterlogged Bobby Witt home run. Uh, that's Florida for you. Uh, St. Bonaventure has a slogan around Bonafide. I don't know if I found it yet, but I'm determined to find it now. Let me know if you do. I want to see that in the chat. Um, so I'd, I'd be very curious, but yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to cover Bobby Witt Jr. And lo and behold, I get to find something about the St. Louis Cardinals and more reason to hate them. So fun, 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 fun. So now moving into kind of like my final little segment, uh, I wanted to first touch on another NL Central team, and it's the Cincinnati Reds. So they just um, finished a series today against the Milwaukee Brewers, my Milwaukee Brewers, and they got swept uh, in what ended up being just a slugfest of a series in Milwaukee. so currently, um, after losing those three games, Cincinnati has a record of three and twenty-two, with a winning percentage of uh, one twenty. So they're suffering big time. Run differential negative um, eighty-seven. It is just brutal. And again, even with this series, you kind of felt really bad. Like not kind of bad. Y- you you feel real bad because oh my god like everything that could go wrong did go wrong that's how it kind of felt where it's like they gotta have something to be positive about or something that's going right not really like today they the thing is with all these games at first at first there's some excitement they get some runs early on and you're like, whoa, 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 that's exciting. And, you know, maybe you have some hope. Maybe things could be good. Maybe something could go right. Maybe you'll have a good game for once. And then the rest of the game happens. So I think today um, the Reds were able to, you know, get up early, um, three to nothing. And very quickly... Uh, the Brewers said, not on my watch. And Luis Arias got his first home run of the year um, off of Hunter Green. Then Christian Yelich got another home run. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the Brewers uh, won another game 10-5, um, to 5, uh, which, you know, was one of their lower scoring games uh, in this series. So, like, come on. It just, it just like, brutal. 
it just it just hurts to watch. And as much as I wanted to give them a win just at one point during the series, just for morale, I would have loved it. I would have loved to do that for them. But seeing the Brewers just dominate like this is amazing. And I think for the Reds, I just really don't know what to say. Like, there is just, I don't know what there is to really be hopeful for this season. I think hoping that the organization and the owner can just, like, actually care about the franchise and about the fans and what brings people there. But I hope they can just turn it around and have a salvageable season at the very least, because that's what they deserve. They really do. I have no disdain for the Reds, and it's just sad to see this, but this is where I got to move into talking about my team, my crew. Um, Holy fucking shit. What happened? Listen, listen. I will be the first one to say that I get it. Um, I, I get it. We played the Reds. We can't say much there. We can't say a ton. But, like, come on. Come on. This is amazing. This is brutal. It was so good to witness. So, game one was close. Game one, the Brewers won six to three. Then, all of a sudden, game two... They win 18 to 4. Um, and then this game today, a measly 10 to 5. So, whole my God. So, that is literally within just three games, that's 34 runs. And get this 20 home runs. What? Like, or not 20, probably, but just still ridiculous. Ridiculous. Whatever. I'm actually going to do count right now. We got. Let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, just today, just six today, yesterday, I believe, um, was seven, so you can add that you got a nice, uh, 13, uh, and then, goddamn, like, the first game, too, I think you had, uh, we had at least... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two more so like 15 home runs in three games 20 in their last six and like my mom mentioned in the chat Willie Adamas in his last 10 games has had seven home runs he's a reigning NL player of the week he has been insanity and oh would you believe it do you know who's been hitting like a stud oh the stud himself Christian Yelich ring that bell my boy, he has been doing something. So, oh my God. Like, this is just something insane to say. And this is also glossing over the fact that Rowdy Telez, uh, who was overshadowed by Vladimir Guerrero Jr., rightfully so, in Toronto, uh, he set a record of, a franchise record, with eight RBIs in a single game. Eight RBIs in a single game. He had a grand slam. And like in the past week, uh, on the homestead, four doubles, four home runs, 13 RBIs. Yelich has been hitting super well. Adamas has been hitting super well. Luis Arias is back and he has been dominating. It is just fantastic. 
And I, I am, again, it's against teams that are suffering and aren't doing their very best. But at the same time, you just, you got to look at it and smile and just appreciate what's happening. Because again, this is what the Brewers have been struggling with. Their hitting has been, you know, very questionable and their offense has been non-existent for a while. And I think Christian Yelich said too, he was like, you know, 18 runs is a lot for a team who can't hit. And I just, I, I love the sass. I love going at him like that because it's kind of true. Like we're known for pitching and that's sort of the Brewer's strong point. But if they can just use this and kind of continue the momentum, obviously you're not going to get 18 runs in Atlanta. You're not going to do that. But you have a lot of power and you have the right sort of, uh, you have the right momentum going into this. And I think it should give you this sort of spark and this sort of fire to go, hey, we lost here. This is the reason why we didn't get to go any further in the playoffs. Let's give them hell. <laughs> like, let's just do it. So I'm excited to see what they do there. Again, getting Luis Arias back is so amazing. And I was, I'm just so excited for it. He's already gone four for nine. Um, and if you are not aware, he and Willie Adamas are like best buds. And Willie and Freddie Peralta, Willie Adamas and Freddie Peralta went to pick up Luis Arias at the airport when he came back um, to Milwaukee after uh, being in the minors on a rehab assignment which is just the cutest thing ever. He and Willie Donis are best buds. They're my favorite infield and on-field duo. Um, just a great friendship that's precious. Willie Donis overly excited about the home run bell. Or like, no, it's not a home run bell. It's just a bell for positive actions. Too excited about it. You know, he's just bringing so much life to to, to this team, so... I have a lot to be excited about. I really do. And I just have to appreciate what what I'm getting right now as a Brewers fan because life is good and I really love it. I just love the Brewers. Christian Yelich, I love him and I love what he's been doing. So, you know, hopefully we'll we'll be able to see what continues to happen. But I think I'm going to end it there today. Uh I think I'm going to probably continue to run this show like this in the future um, and just, you know, do some of the top storylines of the week and report on that and cover that throughout the episode. Um, if y'all liked that, let me know. But thank you guys for everybody who tuned in. I really, really appreciate it. It's a lot better to do this with people listening. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm obviously going to be here no matter what. It doesn't matter who's here, but I appreciate it and I appreciate the feedback. Um, I will say, y'all, again, thank you guys all for listening and for the support and a thousand likes. Uh, I'll see y'all on Tuesday and you can expect a, another show of Pitches Be Crazy next Thursday. So thank you guys and I'll see you then.